0: citizens of the Valley, welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indy podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll. I'm from valleyindy.org, and that's a nonprofit online newspaper based at 158 Main Street in Ansonia. Today's October 12th, and this episode will be posted to valleyindy.org on October 17th. If you hear some background noise, that is my police scanner. Sorry. It'll also air on WNHHLP, that's 103.5 FM, New Haven's community radio station. So good morning to all our listeners in New Haven. Thanks for joining us. Today, my guest is Sharon Kloschisch. She's the president and CEO of the Valley Community Foundation in Derby. The VCF is an organization that connects private philanthropy to the long-term public good of the greater Valley. You can find out much more about the organization at valleyfoundation.org. In the interest of full transparency, the VCF has been a key financial supporter of ValleyIndy.org over the years through a number of competitive grants we've received to keep ValleyIndy.org going. Our topic today with Sharon is the 2016 Valley Community Index. It's a 58-page report packed with information about you and me, assuming you live in Ansonia, Beacon Falls, Derby, Nogadog, Oxford, Seymour, or Shelton. The report is scheduled to be unveiled Thursday, October 20th at Cinto Auditorium. That is the first floor of 3 Corporate Drive in Shelton. Doors open at 7.45 a.m. The program itself begins at 8 a.m. You can register or find out more information, again, valleyfoundation.org. All right, so before Sharon comes on, two programming notes. Our guest on the October 24th episode is none other than Jody Mosger-Gill. She is the former president of the Connecticut chapter of the Society of Professional Journalists, and she's an assistant professor of journalism at Southern Connecticut State University. Furthermore, Jody launched ValleyIndie.org with me in the summer of 2009, I'll be talking to Jody about asthma rates in the lower Naugatuck Valley. She recently wrote an article on the subject for the Connecticut Health Investigative Network. If you want to read it, do some homework in advance of the podcast, you can go to c-hit.org. Again, that's c-hit.org. Stay tuned for that. Looking even further into the future, I'm scheduled to host the Derby Charter Revision Roundtable podcast later this month. I'll record it in about a week, and it'll post on October 31st, I hope valleyindy.org. Derby is voting on whether to make changes to the city charter on November 8th. The Charter Revision Roundtable podcast, I hope, will act as a primer for the issue. Our guests, at least as of today, for that recording, Alderman Carmen DiCenzo, Alderman Art Gherkins, Alderman Joseph DiMartino, Adam Pacheco, a member of the Derby Charter Revision Commission, and Walt Mayhew, a Derby resident and former member of a number of boards in the city, including the Board of Education and the Board of Aldermen. So I'm very excited about that episode. I hope it's a learning experience for everybody. Stay tuned. All right. Now, thanks for indulging me. So without further ado, here is my interview with Sharon Clocious from the Valley Community Foundation. Sharon, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, first, I just wanted to establish a baseline for our listeners uh, about our topic today. Because it, be, it can be, we're talking about a 58-page report. You know, We're talking about a document that is just, every page is, uh, is data. <laughs> a ton of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically, we're talking about the 2016 Valley Community Index. It is, like I said, a 58-page, quote, community indicators report unquote. The index itself is titled, Understanding the Valley Region, a Community of Well-Being. And to clarify for listeners who maybe don't wake up every morning and grab their latest community index report, (laughs) again, we're talking about data, all kinds of data, population data, income data, job data, school data, transportation, health. Everything is in this. It really gives you a picture of what the valley looked like, looks like, and then there's projections out to uh, 2025 in there. So my first question is just a very basic one, like Sharon, why does any of this matter? What do we need this information for?
1: Well, we really wanna make sure that we do know where we're going. We need to understand if there are needs, opportunities that can be addressed. And when you have the data and you had a, a uniformed type of index like this, then you have other groups that are going to be reading the same data, and everybody is going to be working on the same issues so that you can have more of a collective impact. That's our hope, is that we will be driving
0: a more collective impact on certain issues here in the Valley. And then just to tease out to people some of the data that I, that I keep saying, keep saying that word, uh, population data. This is just some random things I pulled out. According to this report, since 1990 the population in the valley has increased by 12%, a rate faster than the rest of the state. Our minority population doubled. 1 in 3 children in the valley identify as a member of a racial or ethnic minority in 2014 that was, compared to 1 in 10 in 1990. Moving on, the valley's aging. The report projects by that the year by the year 2025, the valley will have seen a 102% increase. In people age 65 and up compared to 1990, and that's because our baby boomers are turning 60, 65. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, related to that, 90% of Valley seniors want to quote age in place. They're not looking to sell the house and go to Florida. They want to they want to live, continue to live, and retire here in the Valley. So that's just a sample of some of the data that is in this report. That's going to be officially unveiled October 20th, Thursday, October 20th, at the Cinto Auditorium in Shelton. program gets underway at 8 a.m. It's at 3 Corporate Drive. So let's go through just uh, quickly what's going to happen at the unveiling. Well, If I'm a member of public and I, and, and I want to register, what am I going to see? Well, we're going to do an overview of
1: the entire report. And what we've done is actually asked leaders of the community— In each of those areas that you just described, to answer some questions from me, some of the things that they might that we found interesting as we were putting this report together uh, with our colleagues. So Patrick Charmel, from the CEO of Griffin Hospital, Mm -hmm. will be there to talk about the health section. Uh, David Morgan, the CEO of Team, will be there to talk about the prenatal and the early childhood. Issues as well as things that are going very well here in the Valley, but things that, you know, have come um, to light because of the, the index. Chris Cloet, who is the new superintendent of schools over in Shelton, he will be there to talk about our schools and some of the issues that our schools here in the Valley face. Because of the changing demographics, you do have differences in all of our different schools regarding the population and just the ability to work on our education as you know with uh, everything that's going on right now in the education everybody's taking a real close look at how our kids are doing we'll also have susan riley who's also from team but she focuses with the senior population as you mentioned everybody wants to you know age in place Mm. we got ninety percent of people wanting to age in place as they get older and that really makes a big difference in what the community is going to do, because you've got transportation issues. You've got old houses that you can't get walkers in the hallways.
0: They're not made. They're yeah. not made yeah, for that. Sure. You've got
1: all these different types of issues. And who's going to be taking care of these, the elderly? It's very interesting uh, issue here in the Valley with the aging population. And then we'll have Bill Purcell, who is the um, executive director of the Valley Chamber, He'll be there talking about the all the different uh, views of what's going on in the valley, as far as the economy is concerned, the work as well as the transportation, uh, new companies coming in, how to attract those companies. What about our brownfields? How do we mm. get these? How do we get these buildings turned around so that they're no longer vacant buildings and that they actually are able to be used? for new economic growth here in the valley and then jack walsh from the united way will wrap it up and talk about you know all the real um attributes that this valley has we've got two beautiful rivers i don't even know how many miles in trails and just the ability to be outside and be involved and of course we've got a great core of volunteerism here in the valley
0: and then just to uh, stress to uh, listeners out there who are unfamiliar with this process, uh, th- it's more than a, uh, this isn't cheerleading necessarily. Uh, you're, it's not gonna be, sometimes you go to events and uh, it is, it's just uh, it's, it's people promoting something, but this is really hard uh, data. And just to tease out some more uh, pieces of data, the, you know, the job data that Sharon had mentioned that Bill uh, Purcell will be uh, most likely addressing. From 2002 to 2014, 2,500 net jobs were added in valley towns, a growth rate of 6%. That outpaces the state. Wages grew by 6%, but here's one of the many incredibly fascinating things in this document. But 45% of valley workers earn less than the living wage, and that's defined as making $40,000 annually. Mm -hmm. 9% of our population lives in in poverty. 20% are low income. And this is, I just had a quick question for you. 39% are cost burdened. Can you tell me what that, uh, what does it mean if you're cost burdened in, in the Valley? Oh, that's a very good question. It's, it's interesting
1: because when you take a look at a person's salary, let's say they are making $45,000 a year, but their housing cost is greater than what is recommended, which is about 28%. So if their housing costs actually come in at $20,000 a year, $22,000 a year, then let's say this same couple also have two kids, and these kids are not yet in kindergarten, not yet in the public school system. They need to pay for childcare. They need mm-hmm. to pay for either preschool or some type of child care for their kids. And all of a sudden, that's an even greater burden
0: on the family. I was amazed at the price range for child care. Yes. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, expensive, all expensive, right. but expensive to super expensive. It was all over expensive. the place. To super expensive. Yeah.
1: And then not only that, is that when you talk, then when you have the school systems call, talking to you, and like Chris Cloet talking about um, Shelton schools or when Matt Conway talks about derby schools, they'll tell you that they need these kids to come in ready to learn. And so what's going on in the three-year-olds and four-year-olds, five-year-olds, are they ready to learn? And then so when they get into kindergarten, some of these kids are ready to learn. Some of these kids don't even know how to write their names yet. Mm-hmm. So you have these instructors that are teaching at all these different levels. And so those are some of the issues that, that do come in.
0: And you had mentioned that you, you're going to be asking some questions uh, to that distinguished panel mm-hmm. of movers and shakers here yeah. in, in the Valley. <laughs> uh, I was wondering, could you preview, maybe give us an example of a question that you might be asking uh, one of our presenters or one of your presenters?
1: Well, I one of the things that you actually alluded to was with the seniors aging in place is to talk to Suzanne Riley and tell her that I was... I was actually very interested in what had to happen in a house to actually make it accessible for somebody to age in place. What does that mean? And part of what you'll see in, in the material is there's a real difference in transportation when somebody has curb-to-curb service, which is normal. People go, they get dropped off in the street. And mm-hmm. they, but many of our seniors need door-to-door service. And that's where we have very limited transportation for our seniors. Also talking with David Morgan with the early childhood issues. Um, I was actually very, very surprised to find out the development of the brain and how much actually works in the, the first three years of life of being able to read to these kids and these kids getting their words and having knowledge. It's a very, it really makes a difference to these kids just to the number of words that they learn by the time they get
0: into kindergarten. And then just backing up a bit. So now we've given uh, listeners a taste of what's in the document, uh, a taste of what they can expect on October 20th when it's unoffic- unofficially officially <laughs> unveiled. Yeah. I'm a writer, not a, not a radio <laughs> guy. I, I, I just say that. Uh, Let's talk about how it came about. It's a 58-page document, but when you're dealing with all these different topics, this could have been a million pages. Correct. How did you focus or decide to research, uh, not you personally, but the massive team that that put this thing together, Mm how would you decide what to include?
1: Well, it's actually been a two-year process to get to where this is right now, but If I actually look at the history in the Valley, there has been always a history of collecting data, needs and opportunities, and the Valley CARES report was the most recent one that came out in 2010 of of a Valley-wide type of report. And the Health and Human Service Council, which is made up of, I think, some 40-plus nonprofit organizations, had approached a community foundation about taking on this next step of doing this community index. And they were more than willing to assist in helping with the process. So for over the course of the last two years, I would say we had um, quarterly, at least quarterly meetings, if not more at times. And they actually defined which indicators they really wanted to see in this report. Indicators that they knew that they use on a regular basis for their clients of what really is making a difference, what can have an impact. So they defined which indicators they wanted us to, to have. And from there, uh, we uh, partnered with Data Haven, which is a data mining organization down in New Haven. Data Haven took that information, those um, indicators that we were looking for, and actually did all the data mining on that.
0: Yeah, they're an incredible organization. I, they have mm-hmm. a strong uh, social media presence uh, as yes, well. Yeah, they do. And uh, it just the the amount of information that that, that they deal with uh, and make it accessible and readable to yeah. ignoramuses like myself <laughs> is is really uh, uh, quite impressive. Well, I
1: also have to give a shout out to Laura Downs, uh, uh, Morrison Downs, because uh, she was actually one of the facilitators that helped really call the information out because we had. A lot of information that we needed, that people wanted to have, and you actually had to start taking a look and saying, is this um, just really going to show us, you know, regular results, or is this going to show us something that really can make a difference? So as much as you were saying before, you know, it's it's not all, you know, pretty stories and, you know, all the great things that are going on, because really to make a difference you really want to address the issues that are affecting people's health and well-being and if you can make those health and well-being issues you know lessen those disturbances you're going to have a healthier and happier community and that's what we want here in the valley the valley is a really great place to live and work for most people but there are some that are really having a struggling time so Mm. we want to make it better
0: and just uh, teasing out some more data, we're expected to see a 21% decrease in the valley of people between the ages of 18 and 34 yeah, by, that's 20, to look at. by 2025 compared to, to 1990. Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, uh, and, and I've talked to you in the past when I when I read that I was whoa, we're getting older, and sort of uh, uh, the, the younger people are are leaving wherever they're going. But you had pointed out, well, actually, what we're you're, what you're seeing is that's Connecticut as a whole. This isn't unique uh, to the Naugatuck Valley. Correct.
1: Correct. You know, it's one of those. And again, when Bill Purcell will speak about the economic issues, you want to have more work for your our young people to stay here and be able to work and be able to make a living. So that is one of the real goals here too is to get the communication in so that we are attracting companies and it isn't you're right it isn't just about the Naugatuck valley it's about connecticut as a whole we need to make this state an attractive place to live and work
0: and then uh, in terms of i mean our, our core readership is ansonia and derby uh, valleyindy.org my organization i'm talking about but we cover seymour and shelton and well as well uh, but this actually expands beyond our or my definition of, of, of the Lower Valley or what we cover. You got Beacon Falls and, and Naugatuck mm-hmm. uh, in there, and I guess one thing that comes out of the report is just how, I mean, Oxford and Beacon Falls, really large uh, population uh, explosions, uh, and then uh, Derby not as much because we're pretty much already uh, developed. Uh, how will how could. An individual, and I'm just changing the subject here. Uh, in terms of uh, an individual who reads the report, maybe attends the October 20th unveiling, uh, how can they put something into action? Uh, you had mentioned before we had started uh, volunteerism might be a way. What's an? What's a? Just run through a hypothetical where someone might take this report and then put it into action to affect change in the valley.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of different ways that that can happen, and. Even if they can't come on the 20th, if they even go to the Valley Community Foundation's website and be able to just read it on the website, that will give them some of the the points that we've been talking about. But I think what happens is people have a certain area of interest that they have that they'd like to explore um, and get deeper involved. And one of those areas that I think people will be fascinated by is in education. I think when you start... Taking a look at the test results for our schools in the early grades, that you know a lot of people want to set up maybe a scholarship fund, and I'm not going to say anything bad about scholarship funds because I love scholarship mm-hmm. funds. Um, but there's something that people can do, as like you're saying about volunteerism, of reading to our kids when they're in the early elementary schools because it's 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 getting them to get their words and to get ready to learn and to have a passion for education those those activities that anybody can do with our young people is a big thing getting involved with scouting getting kids outside because part right now part of our challenge right now that we have with technology is that we sit all day our kids are on the computers on the video video games things like that They need to be outside and be outdoors and really appreciate our nature. And if there's one big plus that this valley has, are our trails, our nature. It's really there's so much for our kids to do, and it's just getting them out there and doing it.
0: Yeah, and just and just like reading this report, and it's not. Sometimes you read reports and uh, wherever from governmental organizations. Let's say I don't want to disparage any particular department or they're just, you know, you need a degree in the subject matter just to open the file on your computer. <laughs> they're so complicated. But this is not like that. You can right. really pick out things that apply to your own life. And, uh, you know, you were talking just now, like, I have a son, he's in first grade. And uh, my wife works full time. And this job is full time And it's very hard to just get my kid outside right. just from a time management uh, perspective. And it's reflected in the report. I, I'm not alone, I'm seeing from, from reading that uh, data. So so that's a way a, a person can p- perhaps volunteer at a yeah. school and, and read to kids. Uh, so that's fascinating. And anything, uh, any hypotheticals how, like in a, in a best case scenario, how a, a group, a nonprofit, someone in, in maybe the social service sector can take a piece of data and, and turn it into action with this report. Well,
1: that's what we're actually hoping for. I'm, and when I say we, I am talking about everybody who's come together to put this report together. So as I had mentioned, we have this um, very large community index council, and you can see all the names of all the organizations that participated. I believe that these, this group of people or organizations get together on a monthly basis this is the Valley Health and Human Service Council. And when they get together and they can take a look at this, they're going to be some deeper dives of, you know, let's explore what's going on in this area. Why why is this indicator coming back in this, in this way? And, you know, be able to start an exploration as a group of looking at some of these issues and then coming up with, a plan of how to start dealing with it. Griffin Hospital, which, by the way, I don't know if uh, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but Griffin Hospital is one of the major funders of this project because this does satisfy their community health needs assessment. And so we've made the commitment. And that's with a Griffin. requirement they have to do. That's as a, a nonprofit hospital. As a nonprofit hospital, exactly. So um, this will be done every three years, so we can start tracking the trends that's happening. But Griffin has worked with the Valley Parish Nurses, worked with the Health and Human Service Council so that they are out in the community addressing systematically some of these issues. And they're addressing um, obesity, asthma, and you know a couple of other the, the issues in which they can then have other people in these other organizations start working with them on those issues.
0: And that's another plug for our next podcast, which will be (laughs) next week after this one airs, where we talk about asthma uh, in the Valley. And you had mentioned uh, some of the uh, Griffin Hospital being one of the funders. What are some other organizations that help make this a reality? You had mentioned uh, Data Haven and, of course, the Valley Community Foundation itself. What are Mm -hmm. the other ones?
1: Well, Catherine Matthews was a major funder as well as United Way. And um, as I mentioned with um, Griffin Hospital, and then the Bassett Family Fund, uh, I'm sure you, many of the viewers or listeners know the Bassett family. They are a major funder within the area once they um, they continue to do major um, funding with organizations here in the Valley. So they were uh, really behind this project to, you know, again, anytime you have information, then you know what to invest in. You want to make a healthier community you know then what to invest in to make a difference.
0: All right. And for more information on this report, you can go to valleyfoundation.org. And then just one last plug for the event that is coming up. It is uh, October 20th, I believe we were saying. Yes, Thursday, Mm -hmm. October 20th, as I madly scroll (laughs) up and down my script Uh at Cinto Auditorium, and that's the first floor of 3 Corporate Drive in Shelton, the doors for the event open at 7.45 a.m. The program begins at 8 a.m. And you can register by visiting valleyfoundation.org. And that event,
1: before I forget not to plug yeah. this one. Well,
0: I was going to ask you if there's yeah. anything else you wanted to add, so go for yeah. right
1: ahead. Yeah, so, well, People's Bank, because, again, they are a funder within the community, as well as our Decento of, you know, giving us access to the auditorium for this. Everybody does understand how important this is. So People's Bank is... Um, sponsoring this um, event day, this launch day, as well as Articentos. So we really appreciate that support, and I think it is, again, an indicator of how many people are understanding the importance of this
0: data. Okay, and that's Sharon Closius from the Valley Community Foundation. I want to thank you very much for taking the time and to talk to me about the subject.
1: Well, thank you for having me.